0: Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. your bibles with you this morning or have access to one please turn with me to the new testament book of galatians galatians chapter six as we look to god's word together galatians chapter six and i'll ask you to take a moment to stand with me if you would please as we read from god's word together and i want to talk to you on the topic of what to do with our burdens this morning what to do with our burdens. Galatians chapter six, Paul the apostle is writing and he says this, he says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Heavenly Father, as we get into your word today, I pray to your God that your word would get into us. I pray to your Lord that you would open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our lives to live out the truths of your word. Lord, we just commit everything about today into your hands, and I pray that, dear God, your word would accomplish what you would have for it to. And we ask these things, sir, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. As I begin this morning, I'm talking on the topic of what to do with our burdens. Let me begin by telling you this these three things. Some burdens are meant to be shared some burdens are meant to be shouldered and some burdens are meant to be shed. I want you to understand and remember that. Some burdens are meant to be shared, some burdens are meant to be shouldered and some burdens are meant to be shed. We all have burdens. Some people have a physical handicap or chronic sickness or some have an abnormality that they cannot change, that they can't do anything about. Some people have spiritual burdens It may be that the devil has struck your life and the surge of sin has so soaked your soul and now you're suffering the spiritual consequences of those actions. Some people have emotional burdens like depression or anxiety. Maybe a heartache over some loss or financial reversal. The story's told of a Chinese woman who lost her dear son and she couldn't find comfort anywhere. So she went to a wise old man and asked him what to do. And he looked at her and he said, I want you to go to a home that has no sorrow or grief and then bring back a mustard seed and I will restore to you your son. Several days went by and then she returned and she said to the wise old man, I found that I've been so selfish in my grief for sorrow is common to every home. You know, we all have problems. We all have cares, and sometimes they weigh us down like a burden on our back. And but you know, we don't all have wealth, but we all have burdens. Friend, I submit to you we don't all have health, but we all have burdens. We don't all have talents, but we all have burdens. We don't all own our home that in which we live, we may rent a home, but we all have burdens. We don't all have children, but we all have burdens. We don't all have hair, but we all have burdens. (laughs) Amen. Every day of life here on earth brings to us its own assortment of burdens, and we'll be blessed to study God's word to find the answer to the question of what do I do with my burdens? So let's talk about that. What do we do with them? You know, as I said to begin with this morning, some burdens are meant to be shared. They're meant to be shared by others. What are some of the examples of burdens meant to be shared? Well, first of all, felts and failures. Look at verse 1 of Galatians 6 again, and it says here, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering yourself lest you also be tempted. So what that is saying is that is when a fellow believer stumbles and falls into sin, now mind you not those who choose to live in sin, but if a brother or sister stumbles and falls into sin, rather than pointing accusing fingers or shooting at them or shouting at them, we should reach down and try to give them a helping hand to lift them up and help them to get back on track. We are supposed to encourage and strengthen one another when it comes to faults and failures. I learned years ago that we need to be careful about finger pointing. You know why? Because every time you point a finger at someone, guess what's happening? Can you look at your hand? If you've got five fingers on your hand, when you point one finger towards somebody, there are three others coming right back at you. Ew. Let's look at verse 2 and 3 here. It says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives his own self. So the only thing which will keep us from doing what verse 2 says, bearing one another's burdens, is to think that we ourselves are above needing this help. You know, there are some people like that that they feel that they're God's gift to humanity. They feel maybe they're God's gift to the church. Boy, you're really blessed to have me here. Maybe they actually feel good about themselves when they see other people faltering and failing. Or you know, bless God, I'm not like so and so. I told you that they weren't really any good. You see what they just did? Why, bless God, I'd never consider doing anything like that. You know what that is? That's called self-righteousness or value by comparison. And this is also self-deception. We all need each other at times. Kind of reminded of the story of the preacher who was preaching on this theme. And he asked if anyone had ever heard of a perfect person. And a man at the back of the church raised his hand. It <laughs> So stumped the pastor that he looked at the man and he allowed him to speak. And he said, well, he said, I don't know him, but I've heard a lot about him. He was my wife's first husband perfect person. Mm. Truly, we're all prone to wonder, and we need each other. We're all prone to circumstances and situations that may come in our lives that cause us to falter and fail, and we need each other to encourage and strengthen. Another example of burdens that are meant to be shared is sorrow and grief. You know, at any given time here at Mount Olive First PH Church, we have somebody that's here under a heavy load of grief. We have, we've had a lot of good services here, and we've been blessed to be a part of the church at least a couple of years now, and after pastoring for 31-plus years and semi-retiring from it. And, you know, we have a, a, a great spirit here, but there's, some t- there's, there's generally in every service is someone that's going through an awful time in their life. I mean, there's usually somebody present that's got some kind of difficulty that's really weighing them down. So we need to learn how to be kind to everyone for everyone has sorrow of some kind. Everybody does. Tragedy, sorrow, disappointment, depression, and grief will eventually visit everyone's home. In the book of Ruth, chapter two, verse 13, it's recorded that Ruth said, to Boaz. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. For you've comforted me, and that you've spoken friendly unto your handmaiden, though I be not like unto one of your handmaidens, you've been good to me. Ruth was a stranger in a foreign land. She was an outcast. She expected to be ostracized and, and to have be had nothing to be done with. But somebody came into her life and comforted her. Somebody came into her life and blessed her and helped her to be able to to have what she needed and to overcome the challenges that her and her mother-in-law were facing. I submit to you this question this morning. Whom have you comforted recently? Who have you reached out to try to help recently? Another question is, who's comforted you? What have you gone through recently that maybe somebody has been a friend and encouraged and comforted you during those times? You know, this is one reason why God allows sorrows to come to us so that we can be comforted. And then in turn, we can comfort others in need once we've been through those challenging times. You know, we don't like to go through challenging times, but they come not to stay but they come to pass. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, that who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted. Reverend George W. Truett was the pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas for a number of years, many years ago. And he told a story of a lady in his church who had a baby that died. And he said that he tried and tried all that he could to comfort this woman, but he couldn't do it. He said he literally spent hours in counseling her, but to no avail. Nothing was happening. Then he said he happened to remember another lady in the church who had been through something very similar before. So he contacted this lady and he asked her, if she would mind talking to this woman? And she said, sure, I'll be glad to. Dr. Truett went on to say that that this woman did more in five minutes with this lady than he had done in many hours of counseling. You know why? Because not only could she sympathize, but she could empathize. She had been there and she knew how to deal with the situation. Friend, I submit to you that we need to learn how to not wallow in self-pity and allow our tragedies to be wasted. But God wants to use them for the good of others. And many of you have been through things that uniquely qualify you to help other people that I would never be able to help or to help other people that Pastor Jeff or Pastor Kevin or, or others in this church would never be able to help. And we need to be patient and kind, understanding that everybody has burdens. J. Vernon McGee was a very well-known pastor some years ago. He's now gone on to be with the Lord, but he told a story one time of a church member who had criticized him for ignoring him on the subway. Mr. McGee said that wasn't his usual way, so he asked when this happened, when it was. The man told him and said, Dr. McGee said he remembered that particular day and he remembered the very bad news that he had heard and the burden that he was carrying as he was riding the subway. He said he apologized to the man as he told the man the situation and the man's heart broke as he empathized and he realized that his pastor wasn't perfect and that his pastor had a life of his own. And that his pastor didn't merely exist for others at all times. And he apologized and became more patient and more kind. Friend, I submit to you, you know, pastors are human beings just like we are. You know, as a pastor, and I I was a senior pastor, as I said, for 31 plus years. And so I know firsthand, pastors, gentlemen, put their britches on the exact same way that you do. They face life the exact same way that you do. The only thing different is that we've been called to a different and a unique calling. And sure, we're called to a high standard, but we all face challenges and circumstances and situations, and we're all human just like you are. So we need to pray for our pastors. We need to pray for them and encourage them and uplift them and bless them because it makes a world of difference and they need it. So we need to lift a burden with a kind word or maybe even a kind note or a kind email because some burdens are meant to be shared. You know, every year we talk about missions at different times. And I'm thankful for Mount Olive First PH Church that believes in missions and outreach, not just during the go-offering times of July and August, but but we reach out to to others around our community at home and abroad, and we're constantly doing outreach and missions of different kinds, and, and that's a blessing. I tell you, that's one great thing that's drawn us to Mount Olive First PH and that we've been blessed by to see how God is using this community of believers to reach out. But let me tell you, it's encouraging to those who are in ministry to have somebody come alongside of them and encourage them. So may I encourage you, let's don't just wait till summertime around Go Offering and start reading little notes that missionaries send out and start saying, okay, yeah, we're gonna pray for them and we pray for them during that time and then we forget them. But I wanna encourage you to maybe maybe even adopt somebody that's doing a work of ministry somewhere and, and pray over them and read what they have to say and send them a note on occasion or an email and maybe even send them an occasional gift. You'd be surprised at how much of a burden that would help lift for them knowing that people care and somebody is caring and showing them love and concern because friend burdens are worthy to be shared some of them are particularly ministry now that's verse 2 bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ but now let's look at verse 5 now verse 5 almost seems contradictory but i believe this is talking about two different kinds of burdens Some burdens are meant to be shared by others, but some burdens are meant to be shouldered alone. Look at verse five. For every man shall bear his own burden. There are some burdens, my friend, that no one else can help us with. No one at all. What are some examples of burdens to be shouldered? Well, first of all, the consequences of personal sin. We live in a day and a time in which people want to sin and ignore the consequences, try to avoid them altogether. The attitude is, well, it's, it's really not your fault. I mean, if you're going through certain situations, it's not your fault. It's the way your parents raised you. Maybe you had a dominating mother or, or rejecting father or somebody who didn't really look after you too well. Maybe you were made to do things you didn't really want to do uh, and and you had to clean up when you didn't want to and all that. That made you real uh, upset and angry. Or, Or maybe you had an ex in your life that did something to you or your boss made you do it or something like that. Now, friend, I'm not minimizing the effects of our past and how the past can have sometimes hurt on our lives. But what I'm saying is that in Jesus Christ, you and I can get past our past. Amen. We don't have to live in the past. We can get past our past through Jesus Christ our Lord. When we take this attitude, though, that it's always somebody else's fault, we're shrugging off our own personal responsibilities in life. And when we do that, we develop a victim's mentality. And everything is always somebody else's fault. Man, we live in a mess today, don't we? I mean, every time you listen to the news, you're hearing a bunch of garbage today. And it's always somebody else's fault. Nobody wants to take the personal blame for things anymore. You don't want to make personal We don't want to take the personal responsibility for our choices. This is true. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch a few years ago had an article that reported killers become killers for two reasons. Now get this now. This article said that killers become killers, first of all, because of a difficult delivery at birth. And then second, because they were rejected by their mothers. So if you were born in a difficult delivery and rejected by your mother, that's, you know, that's the scenario and all the killers, they said, basically. This article went on to say that if forceps were used on you when you were born, you had a higher likelihood to kill people one day. <laughs> Friend, I understand that certain things in our past can predispose us to certain things. But we still make our own choices. And when we make our choices, we have to deal with them. It's kind of like the old saying, what was it? Well, when you make your bed, you have to do what? You have to lie in it. That's right. Friend, your parents' lifestyle may have exposed you to adultery or to anger and lying and gossip. But you still have a choice to make when you're tempted with immorality yourself. We can rise above it and break the cycles that are in our lives with God's help if we want to. There is victory in Jesus if we want that victory in Jesus. But we all like to play the blame game. And we're world famous for passing the buck. You know, it's been done for years, for centuries really. Really? It all started in the Garden of Eden when Adam said, well, God, it was the woman's fault. It's that woman you gave me. That's the reason why I partook of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. It was her fault, God. And then, you know, guys, we've kind of been using that ever since, right? But then the woman, woman looked and she said, no, God. She said, it's the snake's fault. Now, she wasn't talking about Adam. She was talking about the devil. Says so, it's the snake's fault. It was his fault that I did this. Friend, I submit to you, when will we grow up and rise up and fess up and say, I'm responsible. I'm the one that committed the actions of my life. I'm the one that made those decisions. I'm the one that did what I did and am doing what I'm doing. I'm the one that has to bear the responsibility. Friend, we can choose to sin, but we cannot choose the consequences. Look at verses 7 and 8. Be not deceived, it says, for God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So in other words, we have a free will to choose. And so does God. He has a free will to choose as he reads the meter of our lives. I like what verse 9 goes on to say. It won't be on your board, but it says this And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Another example of burdens that are meant to be shouldered is the burden of judgment. This is very serious. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Yet yeah, everyone here will someday stand before God alone. I can't stand with you, and nobody's going to stand with me, but we're all going to stand before God alone. Your parents won't be able to be beside you. Your doctor, your lawyer, your whoever won't be able to intercede for you, but we're all going to stand and give a personal account before God one day. Now, granted, based on what the word says, the saved are going to be secure. But we still have to answer at our judgment. Thank God the Christian's life has already been judged at Calvary. But we will give an account of how carefully or how carelessly we've lived our Christian life. Some people will suffer loss. You know, if you think that you can live a haphazard Christian life and get away with it, then, friend, I submit to you, you're badly and sadly mistaken. Our service will be judged. Our stewardship will be judged. Our motives will be judged. And then rewards will be given for that which was done truly for Christ, who knows the heart. Friend, the lost will have no hope at their judgment. But they'll stand before God with the burden of sin on their back. And there's only one sin which will cause a person to go to hell. And that is the sin of rejecting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Friend, I submit to you that if you're here today and, and and you need to be saved, and you reject the opportunity, then you're inviting this scene to take place alone before God, and you and your burden. The Bible says will be cast into the lake of fire. No matter whether our judge, what judgment we appear at, whether it's the great right throne judgment or the judgment of works of the believer. When that judgment time comes, all the veneer and all the excuses are going to be stripped away. And it's just going to be you and your Creator at that point. Some burdens are meant to be shared, some burdens are meant to be shouldered. But then there are some burdens that are meant to be shed. I like that. Meant to be shed. Psalms chapter 55, verse 22 says this, "'Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. "'He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved.'" Friend, I submit to you that Jesus Christ is our great burden bearer. And sometimes we cling to a burden and we try to carry it ourselves. And we can be deceived into thinking that God wants us to carry something by ourselves as if we are somehow serving God by doing so. But some burdens God wants to carry for us if we'll let him, if we'll let him. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, is recorded what Jesus said. He said there, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, Jesus said. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friend, when it's more than you can bear and you don't think that you can take another step, you can lay it on Jesus. For some reason, though, sometimes we feel like we can make it on our own. But there are times when we need to just simply let go and let God, let God take over. Friend, one of these two things will happen when we cast our burdens on the Lord. First of all, either the Lord will lift the burden. You know, I've seen people that had maybe a health need. They had a sickness that was in their life and they prayed and believed God for answer to prayer and God touched and healed them and the sickness went away. I've seen people that had financial problems and they prayed and believed God to send the answer and God provided the money some way. And you know, it's always great when that happens and how that happens, but that's not always how God works. Can I hear an amen? Amen, pastor. Let's look again at Psalms chapter 55, verse 22. Look at what it says again. It says, and he shall sustain it. No. Say, cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. Sometimes the Lord doesn't lift the burden, but sometimes the Lord will lift you. The Lord wants to carry you and the burden. The Apostle Paul is a great example of this. There were three different times on an occasion that he asked God to lift a burden he was carrying. And we preachers have oftentimes preached about it and say that God's answer was no, but I'll give you grace. But really, three times God's answer was yes, but it was this way. I'm gonna lift that burden and you too. I'm gonna carry you and the burden. Friend, maybe somebody might be here that's getting bitter toward God because you've asked him to lift your burden and that doesn't seem to be happening. Maybe there's a challenge in your life and you're not finding the answer to it. But friend, please realize that it may be his will to lift you and to carry you and that burden through it. But when we throw a perpetual pity party, we don't allow God to carry us or the burden either. If we we just sink down in despair because of our own situation, we just lose out totally. You know, I really tell my age here, and I was a young boy when it used to play and come on. How many of you ever heard of the uh, TV show from years ago called Hee Haw? You remember the little theme song they had? Little theme song, something like, gloom and despair and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all gloom and despair and agony on me. So many times when we're going through challenges, we want to throw that pity party and we don't allow God to come in and do what he wants to do. But he'll help us if we let him. It's kind of like the story of a man who was walking down a country road with a great big sack of potatoes on his shoulders. Potatoes were heavy and I mean it was hot. It was a hot summer day. Man was sweating profusely. And somebody pulled up in an old pickup truck and offered the man a ride. So he climbed in, but he kept the sack of potatoes on his shoulder. And after a little while, the driver looked over at the man and said, man, put that sack down on the floor and relax. And the man who was riding in the truck said, no, sir. He said, I'll not do it. He said, it's enough that you carry me to town. He said, I'm not going to ask you to carry these taters too. You know, that's just what what we do to the Lord sometimes. Some of you today are carrying a burden that the Lord never intended for you to carry, but you seem to insist on doing it. Friend, if that's the case, maybe you and I need to do like the old song that said this. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever cares and cares for his own. If you know this song, would you sing a little chorus with me as we get into it? And it simply says this. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus will help me, Jesus alone. Would you stand with me again and let's sing through this chorus one more time. And I want you to think about what it's saying and maybe even make this like a prayer to the Lord and then we're gonna pray after we sing this through again. But think about what this is saying and what's going on in your life right now. Amen. I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus I cannot bear these burdens alone I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus Jesus can help me Jesus alone One more time I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus will help me us alone yes he will friend heavenly father right now right now i pray to your god that you would minister to every person here the way that you see is needed and every person that's listening to this message lord may you touch and minister to them at the point of their need dear god i realize we all have burdens we all have struggles we all have challenges Dear God, some of those challenges are of, are of our own making and we don't allow you to take them over when you are there to do it and help see us through. God, I pray that you would deal with hearts and souls and lives here today. May your Holy Spirit make his self real and known in Jesus' name. And while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, may I challenge you to make an altar maybe where you are today or if you want to come to the front you can do that too it doesn't matter either way but I want to encourage you and challenge you to cast all your burdens on the Lord symbolically this morning and leave them there symbolically leaving the burden let's let's cast it on Him genuinely and then symbolically leave it with Him and let's also ask Him what He'd have us to shoulder what he'd have us to share and let's allow him to help us shed what needs to be shed. Maybe you're here this morning and there's a burden in your heart. Maybe it's some some sin in your life that you need to deal with and you want to ask God's forgiveness. Or maybe maybe there's a struggle that you're facing and you're having to deal with or maybe a family situation or whatever the case may be. If you're going through a struggle and you want to seek God and ask his help this morning, would you simply lift your hand and put it back down? And by so doing, you'll be saying to me, Pastor, would you pray with me as I pray and ask God to help me in my life? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all over this place all over this place. Now let's carry that burden to him. Let's leave it there, would you? Let's pray and ask it. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come before you on behalf of these needs. Lord, your word says that we should cast all of our cares on you, knowing that you care for us. Your word lets us know that you make a way where there seems to be no way. Your word has said, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your word also says that I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, depth, nor height, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things past, nor any creature or anything shall be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord but dear God, we've got to let you. We've got to let go of some things to let you do what you want to do. God, this morning, I pray that you would minister to every person at the point of their need. And as they commit those burdens to you, I pray that you would lighten that load, that you would give the strength and the grace and the mercy that you see as needed in every heart and every soul and in every life. And sir, we thank you for that that you've already done. I want to thank you for what you're doing here right now and for what you're going to do in every life that's listening.